0: Welcome back to another episode of Sales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And that pregnant pause means only one thing to our listening audience. That means Tommy Boy is back from the selling universe Tommy in Boy. the halls of the new Aslan headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome uh, back, wish, Tommy. I wish our
1: podcast listeners could see me now. Our oh, new
0: you look great in front of exposed what distressed brick is that what I'm looking at
1: yes we're going with an ad agency feel like Ooh. think I'm downtown in the you know converted meat market district is it meat market well, probably it's got meat market
0: like where you meet people pack, or packing like... district <laughs> yeah okay
1: <laughs> meat yeah. packing district not meat market district okay uh, now, yeah, so we've got these, you know, high fourteen foot ceilings. Nice the building was built in nineteen hundred. I've been told by Nicole, yep. one of our, uh, you know, operations uh, savants
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that works at Aslan. She told me that the building is haunted. So no oh. evidence of that so far. Um, praying that that's not true. Yes, uh, but we yes. got you know these exposed brick. It's just super cool We're kind of still
0: in construction. But um, yeah, excited excited to be in the new space. Very excited. I mean, this is just such a nice uh, transition as we move into that new space. And we, uh, we have a great topic today that we'll transition into about, you know, is the opportunity real? And I think, Tom, we're talking about maybe a, a short series of these types of topics, and we'll get into that as we go through this. But first, what is that cold, frosty, and refreshing beverage in front of you? Scott, I discovered this
1: beer Uh, on a recent trip to northern california California. okay i went there for a little marriage retreat nice uh for some reason my wife thought i needed to go to a marriage retreat i have no idea why she would think that
0: i i can't imagine you're so perfect
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i'm joking no it was great it was a great retreat anybody want to check it out scott river lodge it was an amazing amazing retreat with, with my lovely spouse. Yeah. 39 years almost, or 12, wow. 39th year this, uh, this September. But while I was there, I discovered this IPA. You know, I'm an IPA fan. Revit of course. IPA, it's out of Nevada. Mm-hmm. And alcohol by volume is six and a half percent. IBU, 50. Oh, my goodness. Now, I, I think, is that a, I don't know the... I guess that's low, um, low bitterness score.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's high for me because I'm not a huge bitterness fan, but it's probably yeah. mid-range for those that that prefer it. I think that scale, if I remember correctly, goes over a hundred. So you're not, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not. Yeah, that. Said low impact bitterness, but high impact aroma and flavor. Nice. Now I that's like their
1: that. perception, but anyway. Uh, it, but, and here's a cool award: World Beer Cup Award, the Golden award in 2018 so anyway that's uh that's my beer and i'm enjoying it
0: awesome well i am going to enjoy something i've enjoyed many times on the show it's a sam summer i know it's getting a little boring but it is my beer of choice in the summer and it is summer so yeah and i I tell you what in atlanta right
1: now it's it's mid-high 90s oh crazy hot Okay and, um, it's been one of those weeks, Scott so uh, beer beer uh, is working right now
0: yeah well, and this is this is a little lighter than yours It's only five and point three percent ABV only eight IBUs much more to my liking and uh, so let's uh cheers let's have a have cheers. a beverage that's yeah, beautiful mmm. Mm. All right. So back to the, uh, the topic at hand, you know, is the opportunity real? And this is kind of just to set this up, you know, as we as we transitioned, what, 16, 17 months ago into this virtual selling environment, um, it's just been a lot more difficult to qualify and win opportunities, right? Yeah. So, you know, you have less access, you have probably less time with decision makers. And so today, we really want to explore the number one factor in determining if you are pursuing a qualified opportunity. And the key plays that you can run to ensure that you are getting the information needed to determine if you are serving the wrong person or chasing the wrong opportunity. And I love how organized we are when Tommy Boy is on because we've got a nice four-step process to get you through this. So Tom, set us up with the first and you know, one of the most important things we need to do when determining is the opportunity real? yeah I
1: think I think the way that you describe that, Scott is dead on. It, 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 with the changes of how we're selling now, still, I would say most of us are, are virtual. I don't I've talked to a few reps who are actually able to go on site and right. I know right now there's some, there's some scares with the new variant and, and so virtual still is obviously a major component of or selling virtual is a major major avenue of how our channel of how we're selling now. and so it's much more difficult to qualify the opportunity and, and at least I've found because the access, like you said, access is more difficult to the right people um, and the time that they're engaged with you, you know, when they set up a, well, I found when they set up these Zoom meetings, you know, versus on site, it's 45 minutes or an hour versus if you're on site, you have a lot more time, you see yeah. more people, you can see the body language, you can see who in the room people listen to. You can, you know, you just can, there's just so much more information. So now we're having to learn how to qualify opportunities um, and determine, are we really wasting our time, which, you know, is something we have to manage because every time we're, we're chasing a deal, we're losing a deal. And so we only have limited time. That's the most valuable resource we have as a seller is our time and where we choose to spend that time usually will determine our level of success. Yep. So the first piece of determining um, if an opportunity is qualified is to determine and ask the question, is the opportunity real? Meaning, is this something, is this is there a real problem you can solve? Are they really going to invest in this type of solution? Right. And yeah. so, um, and there are four questions that you need to ask. And there are probably more, but these are the four main questions that I think we need to ask to determine if the opportunity is real. So I'd love to go through that um, today. And then, like you said, talk about, well, what are some plays we can run to determine how to to get that question answered?
0: Perfect, all right. So uh, we always debate this here on Sales with Aslan. Do Do we give them all four questions up front and then start nailing them? Or do we wanna keep the audience in suspense as they're on their treadmills listening to this? Uh, I'll let you make that call, Tom. You want to give? I a say, keep them in suspense. Let's keep them in suspense. I like it. All right. Yeah. Well, why don't we start with the top and most, uh, well, I won't say it's the most important. They're all important, but what's the first. Well, it is kind of where you start really,
1: honestly, because this, I think this is, this is, um, it, it's also something I think we, we miss the most, yeah. um, because it's too easy to get caught up in. The fact that we're talking to someone, Mm. they're probably talking about a problem or a need that that relates to our solution. And so it's, it's so easy to skip this, but it's something needs to be the forefront of our mind, especially early in the process. And this is, do you have access to the real decision maker or decision makers? So this is key, because if you don't, <laughs> you, could, you you may be talking, I've, I've seen this happen multiple times, where the, the conversation with what you could call the evaluator or the person, the point person, whose, whose job it is, is to, to capture the information, what they think and what they want can be very different than what the decision maker wants or how they're gonna make a decision, or even if they're going to invest in, in the type of solution you sell. So I think that's, that is where you should start and keep that top of mind because every, all the quality of information that you need flows from talking to the right people. Yep. Wrong people, bad information. Now yep. that's not always true, but it's the way that we should, uh, we should um, I think that should be our mindset as we think about qualifying an opportunity.
0: Well, and, and you and I both know a gentleman that we've talked to very recently um, that that does spend time in the very beginning trying to talk people out of, you know, or talk, tell them reasons why, you know, dealing with us might not be the right move, almost trying to kill the deal. and right. and, and when you... When you take that mindset, I think you add some credibility to yourself saying, look, I mean, I've, I've seen situations like this. And if I can't talk to these people, typically it doesn't go very well. You and I both um, wind up spending a lot of time and it doesn't, it doesn't wind up working out into something fruitful. And so we spend some time talking the customer out. And sometimes you have to be willing to walk away. But many times that creates um, a little curiosity, perhaps, <laughs> and a sense of urgency on behalf of the client, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's important to talk about this, Scott, is, is I think that's the number one play is have the right mindset. Yep. And I, and I love that idea of try to kill the deal. Now, yep. I want to back up because this is, this is an area where either A, you, become, you come across, you can come as a seller, you can come across as very self-centered because you're trying to figure out, hey, am I wasting my time right exactly and so that sounds very self-centered of course um but we're not being self-centered the, the way that your mindset the, the right mindset is yes you want to try to kill this deal but the why is because they're keeping you from serving someone else yeah and i love this I mean, the easiest analogy I always i you know in my head i always go to is uh is a, is a is it let's just say a surgeon or an ortho orthopedic you're an orthopedic surgeon and someone comes in with a kidney problem, you don't want to, they're keeping you from meeting with somebody else who has a knee problem because you don't, you don't operate on kidneys. I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of doctor.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Definitely you know what I'm saying? So it's the
1: same thing. You, yep. you, you solve certain problems and you need to spend your time helping those people and serving the people that, that have the problem that you can solve. And so you need to be um, careful with your time so that you can serve the right people. So it's not about, hey, can I make money off of you? It's about, hey, I. Uh, it's the same thing with choosing the people that you allow in your allow life. If yeah. I start serving and spending time with people that aren't my family, they're keeping me from serving my children. So it's not self-centered. It's yeah. about fulfilling your mission is the way that I think about it. Yeah, uh,
0: no, I think that's great. Great. So I think that's the number because here's,
1: here's why. And the other thing I want to say is for the other type of person who doesn't want to ask some tough questions because that's ultimately where this is going to lead. You're going to have to ask really tough questions is they don't want to ask these questions because they don't want to look like they're self-centered. Yeah, yeah. And so this motivates the, the people that are more kind of relational mind, has a more of a relational uh, bent um, and have more of a customer-centric mindset what we call other-centered and aslan, they, they shy away from these questions They're like this. That's self-centered for me to try to qualify you. Actually, it's not. It's self-centered for you not to figure out who you can serve. Yeah. So mindset's key. You, you walk into the, the situation and say, I've got, I'm good at what I do. I want to serve the right people. So I'm going to have to ask tough questions, be bold, and try to kill the deal and try to see if this is somebody that I, I don't need to serve. So Long-winded answer, but I think that's a super important point, Scott.
0: Well, I, I do too. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure you have another couple ideas or plays we could run for, you know, the first topic of access to decision makers uh, before we leave this uh, subject. But I do think that that mindset, as we talk about it as and all the time, you know, when we choose to serve others first, you, you know, your motive is transparent. People will see through it if you are counter to that, if you are self-centered. Uh, right, and by the same consequence, when you come in with the right mindset, you will portray that because your motive is ultimately transparent. But are there any other uh, pieces or plays that could be run uh, from an access to decision maker perspective? Yeah, the, uh, this is
1: the so mindset is about the decision you make before the meeting. I'm here to serve, and so therefore, I've got our right questions. Yep. This is about what you do. You got to get a coach.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Now, if you're selling to an individual, obviously this doesn't apply. Um, or maybe you're selling to a husband and wife, right? Maybe yeah. you're in real estate. Whoever's listening to this, you, know, you get there's different levels or maybe you're selling a complex. But, but so if you're selling to one or two people, then maybe the coach is not applicable. But any other type of opportunity that you're pursuing, you've got to get a coach who knows what's happening on the inside and can walk you through the process and mm-hmm. tell you who are the decision makers and what is on their whiteboard and what are the decision drivers. Um, and the key is, um, because you're not really going to know, especially now someone virtually, you're not really going to know that information without somebody on the inside. Yeah. Now, if you have enough meetings and you can ask enough questions, you can ultimately get to that and you can capture that information without a coach, but still even down further in the process, you're going to need that person to help you know how to make decisions about what you present and what's important um, and and ultimately what's happening inside the opportunity.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Someone, I mean, we use this when we talk to our sales coaches all the time, but someone that cares about your success uh, and ultimately potentially benefits from it as well. Uh, You know, find a good coach. I I, I just, uh, I don't think we can overemphasize that one. Um, that's a some, good.
1: That's a good point, Scott. Um, about getting a coach. Yeah, uh, you just defined. I don't want anybody to miss that. Uh, a coach is somebody who wants you to win. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and they also care about solving the problem. That's right. Yeah. So and they, I would say, a third element is they know who the players are. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're somehow connected, but they're outside of the decision-making process, and they may be inside. They may be inside. That's a that if you can if you can win someone over, like an evaluator whose job it is to evaluate the solution and is part of the decision-making team and turn them into a coach or an influencer and turn them into coach, that's great. Yeah. But a lot of times, especially early on, um, you might have you might pick up a coach or find a coach who's not part of the decision-making process, but can tell you what's happening. But if you don't have the bottom line and what we're focused on here, if you don't have access to the decision maker, you cannot determine if the if the opportunity is real. Yeah, I, I was in a meeting the other day, and, and um, the person we were meeting with, the person that reached out, the person that filled out the information, the person that wanted to, to talk to us about a solution, said we want to train, and we're in sales training, so this is this is it sounds like a very qualified opportunity. We would like to train a hundred people. Hmm. That's a pretty good opportunity for Aslan. Great. Yeah. We'd love to train 100 sellers. And that's what we're looking for. Okay. So, so we said, well, great. Well, tell us who's involved with this. Well, the number one person you meet with is the, front, is the head of sales and so-and-so, right? So we meet with the head of sales. He says, we're not interested in training anybody. We want to develop our coaches. And so we want to provide a program for three managers and teaching yeah. them how to be better at frontline coaching. Well, that's a completely different opportunity, right? But if we didn't have access to the decision maker, we would have thought the opportunity was real, and it was yeah. not. Right. Not that we don't do coaching, but that was not something that was um, a fit for what we the the our rep and I were working on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. Okay. Uh, and I sense there's one more play we may want to run relative to access of decision makers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's that's ask tough questions which um, for some reason sales reps do shy away from and i think it's to your point about um not wanting to appear self you know self-serving if you will right. um and, and and then i think some people are just conflict averse but what do you mean by asking tough questions what are some examples
1: well and i think it goes back to mindset it's like you know we we get somebody, we work so hard, selling is difficult, right? We work, especially now, we work so hard to get a meeting. We work so hard to find an opportunity. And finally, we have somebody who wants to meet with us and (laughs) wants to talk about our solution and wants to hear. And we're like, thank you. And we're so excited about that. Um, and, And then we just do whatever they tell us to do, which is back to the mindset. You know, we've got to try to kill the deal. So we can't shy away from the tough questions because we're, we're afraid of offending somebody or we're, we're afraid of hearing bad news. And so here's the number one question that I like to ask is sort of dream with me a little bit. Let's just assume we're early in our relationship, but let's yep. just assume that you believe or you discover that our solution is an absolute perfect fit. You believe that, whoever you're talking to. What would have to happen now? What's the next step? Walk me through the process. Put me in the room. Who would you meet with? Who would you talk with? Who would we need to, you know, kind of what yeah. are the steps? And what would you say to them? Yeah. And who would you put a star by their name
0: and why? And, and think it, about how many how many variations and how many different ways you just asked What's your decision process, right? I mean, those are all very uninvasive, mm-hmm. very conversational ways to get at the same information and, and frankly, very other centered because you're, you're walking arm in arm with this person to solve that decision criteria or that decision process problem uh, for both of you, right? You're making them think about something maybe they haven't thought thoroughly through, right? Exactly. Well, and especially if it's early, which, you know, we're talking about trying to determine if
1: the opportunity is real. Yeah, usually going to be early. Um, You know, and when it's early, you're usually not talking to the decision maker. Yeah, right. The decision maker is the person who determines here's the plan. Here's what's going to happen. And then usually they delegate it to somebody and say, now go look for solution providers and then bring them to to me or us. And then we will evaluate. And sometimes they don't even want to meet with the solution provider, and that's becoming more common. And so you, especially early on, are talking to the person who's going to have to, um, you know, walk through the process. Now, here's how we we can position this to make it more other-centered. Because you're right, Scott, it is another-centered approach. But the best way to articulate that is to communicate to them, you know, my role here is to help you figure out the right solution. And so I want to, I know you're just your, and I want to help you and prepare you to have the right des- conversations and give you the resources that you need to communicate with your team internally so that you can help your organization make the right decision. The, the message you're really sending is, I want to make you look good. Yeah. I, yeah. Want, I want to elevate you in the eyes of your organization. And I want to make sure you're set up for success. Um, and so this is a super important approach. So this is your why. It is. If you tell me about what you're trying to do, I wanna help you do that. It doesn't yeah. mean I have to be involved, but I wanna prepare you. You're just, you're gonna learn from five companies, let's just assume they're talking to five, and you're gonna to try to keep all that straight. And then your job after an hour meeting is to articulate what all five of those companies do. That's a tough task. I do this for a living. And I do it every single day, and I would like to help you do that well. Yep,
0: yep. So well, that's that, your why, that,
1: for why you're asking kind of what's the process and who's involved and what they need to do and what they need to articulate.
0: That is a packed step one of a four-step process. So let's, let's, uh, let's move to the next step in the process here. Why don't you unleash, as I play the drum roll in people's heads, the second <laughs> step in the process? Well, this one's an obvious one, but
1: it needs to be on the list. Do they have a budget? Do they have, do they have the funds set aside? Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's more about the play than it is about that, um, you know, about that criteria budget yeah. or that question. Um, but we do need to know that. Now, it's, it's, there's, the one we're going to talk about next is actually more important than budget, but I, I want to know are the funds set aside? Because if they're not, then you got to figure out how you go get the funds. Exactly. Uh, And you gotta also know what the budget is. So if I just I had a meeting, I think I talked about this on one of our podcasts. I had a meeting with um, a company because we've got to renovate our house. We've got this, you know, we got the fake stucco and the fake stucco is falling apart and we need help (laughs) and we gotta paint and all this. And so I have a budget in mind. Yeah. Now that rep is gonna spend a lot of time meeting with us, drawing up plans, writing proposals, having meetings. They need to ask me a simple question. What were you thinking about spending? Now, the why, and this is the, this is the play that you need to make, it's, the key is to position that question in an other-centered way. I don't want to waste your time, Tom, and go through all these back and forth to find out after weeks and weeks of working together that we're not in line with what you had planned to spend. That's so let's right. talk about that now. Yeah. So see the rep positions that positively, and it's about me. I'm very interested in asking that question. But if it's positioned at like how much you gonna spend, how much you want to spend, I'm gonna hear, am I gonna make money off of you? Yeah. And yeah. so the positioning of that question is key.
0: Super critical. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So and I like to because in this case my budget was around I don't know, let's just say a third of what it was gonna cost. Yeah. Oh wow. So that allowed the rep to have a spot conversation, on the spot conversation with me about okay, we're probably going to be two times what your budget is or three times. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And then we were able to decide together that it made sense to continue. Yeah. Great conversation.
0: Well, um, so, one of those uh, early COVID podcasts, we talked about keeping the value and you remember, uh, yeah. you know, I think it was Mark and I talked about this, you know, you, you have value in what you deliver. It's just because somebody's budget smaller than what the value is going to be, doesn't mean you should just drop your price. You have to, right. you know, and maybe they just are way off in what they expected to pay, or maybe there is someone that can do it for that budget. And, you know, they, they should look at that, but at least you can have the opportunity to discuss with them. You know, if you were to spend X minus or X divided by three, which is what your budget is, you're going to get a third of the value of what we could actually deliver. And are you okay with that? And that, it's, that inspires the conversation that you're, that you're, that you're uh, needing to have at that stage before you both spend a lot of time on this. I think yeah. that's a great point. And you want to pay
1: attention to the reaction to that question. Yeah now if you're virtual and you can't see them or you're over the phone which yeah which i don't know how much that happens anymore most everybody's having zoom meetings now yeah if if you can't if you can't pick up or see them you need to ask the next question you know is that doable yes and remember and this is something that's so important the more you're confident in what you sell Yep. The more people want to follow you to the solution. When you sound like you're trying, you're hoping you'll win and you're hoping you can get the deal and please work with me and I'll do whatever I can to make it work. And let's who cares about money and well, I just want to be here for you and and I need a deal and hope, hope, hope. You don't look like somebody that I want to follow to the solution. I don't trust you. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a sales rep and real decision makers don't want to work with sales reps. Yeah. Yeah. They want to work with somebody who can help them solve their problems. Yeah. They want to work apart, you know, it's a term we use a lot, trusted partner. So the more bold you are and confident you are having these tough conversations, you're going to, if you're talking to the decision maker, you're going to demonstrate that you are somebody to, that's important to deal with and appear. If you're not talking to the decision maker, you will quickly figure that out. Yeah, you <laughs> will start to go, "Oh, this person is wasting my time."
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and they'll also see this person is worth bringing in the organization, and I am feeling more confident about bringing them into meetings. So, uh, just a couple of important points there. I think that that. Uh, uh, well, you know, I think it's super important to, to, to make sure that we determine if the opportunity
0: is real. And like you said, bud- budget is kind of obvious, but I think we've yeah. just illustrated ways that you can get at budget without appearing to be, you know, to have commission breath. We've given you a little scope to go for that. But um, yeah. let's talk about the one that you said arguably is even more important than the budget question. Tell us what number three is, or maybe it's two and budget's three, but go ahead, give us the next one. Number, next one is, so we got, we got
1: first, you get access to, do you have access to decision maker? Yeah. Determine the opportunity is real. Do you have access to decision maker? Is there, what's the budget range, yep. whatever you kind of know, are you, are we playing in the right, uh, you know, range, Does this fit there, uh, um, yep. financial fit. And then the third is, is there a compelling event? I love this one. I think this is more important than budget. A compelling event, uh, I would describe it this way. They have to do it yeah regardless of whether they have the funds is this something they have to do yeah now that does not mean the opportunity is not real i've worked with many companies before they didn't have to do it but they really wanted to do it yeah um and so or it was just it's just it's a criteria that you know they listed that was important but compelling event means there's something Something's creating this. So it either could be because the CEO says it's going to happen or because something's happening in the business that is requiring them to do it. Yep. So that's what I mean by compelling event. So well,
0: there. and you know, I know you've got a couple, you know, plays we can run here. Um, but I think you might be talking about something you and I worked on together 20 years ago. Right. Uh, and you remember that, you know, my boss, Mark, uh, and a couple of us, the compelling event we were trying to solve for was we had a cost center that we were trying to turn into a profit center,
1: right? right?
0: You remember, right? And so back then you had a very reactive customer service, inside sales, tech support organization that just reacted to stuff. And yet with Aslan's help, we believed at the time that we could with some questions and some other centered um you know approach we could take something that was a money you know place we sunk money into some place that actually generated revenue so uh, that was a huge compelling event when we took over that group wasn't it yes yeah
1: but it, it, great example now yeah. let's play that back yeah where did
0: that compelling event come from yeah, that's a good question. It, you know, sort of came from, I would say, Mark and the team, although you, some could have inferred that that came from above us. Um, you know, there, it's probably different in different organizations. Some people go, I think we can save money here, or I think we can turn a profit here. And sometimes the CEO might say, you go do that. Go figure out a way to do that. Do you remember which it was at, at, uh, at our company? I home? don't.
1: I don't. Um... I don't, but I, I remember the head of the organization, Mark. Yeah. Um, saying that that was an initiative. And so that was good enough for me to believe that it was a compelling event. There was no budget, by the way. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right? There was no budget, but there was this, there was a, the leader of the organization, which I don't know what, was it about a 200 million, 300 million organization at that point?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: I know that ultimately was the size when... Um, when Mark left, but, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I knew that was on his whiteboard. So, so it was, it was a compelling event, which again, kind of underscores the point that the budget, if you just said, what's your budget, he'd have gone, I don't know. Yeah. I just know that this is a key initiative and I, I want to develop my people. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, this is something we need to do. And so we, you know, that was that was important enough for me or compelling enough for me to get on a plane and spend time with you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so what's a good either question or what's a good play to run when you're trying to help someone or help yourself understand if it is a compelling event? What's a, what's a good approach there? The simplest question you can ask is what are the top three to five priorities of the organization?
1: Yeah. Forget what you sell. Yeah. What's on the the... The relevant leader's whiteboard. If you're, if you, if you want to think of that as the head of the division, or the head of the company, but what's on the what's on the head level persons? I'm not saying that right. Um, whiteboard. What are the top three to five initiatives? What are the things that he told or she told everybody to do at the beginning of this year? It doesn't matter what you sell. If you if what you sell doesn't align with that, is not part of that. It's not. There's not going to be a compelling event.
0: Yep. Yep. That's a great, a great one. And again, very uninvasive. It's not a combative approach. It's very other centered. Uh, And yet if, if, if they don't know the top three to five priorities, you're probably not, you're not dealing at the right level. That person doesn't really have uh, decision-making authority. So, all right. We, I know we are uh, at the final step in the process. uh, The fourth of four, what would that be? Uh, That would be solution fit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, that would be, Scott, I want to, I want to back up to something else though sure. on a compelling event. Yeah. Um, because I think, I think there's an important play here. And I want to also underscore what you said about the top priorities. I think you kind of glossed over that because I, which is fine. I just want to make sure people didn't miss that. Okay. If you talk to somebody and yep. they don't know what the top priorities are, you're not talking to the decision maker, which you just said. Yeah. But here's what I want to underscore. This is a great opportunity to go, who knows that?
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who? So because again, you're, if your job is to help the coach elevate their status, yep. brand in the organization, you're teaching them what they should be doing to evaluate solutions, even though you're not going to say that. But they're saying they're they're understanding quickly. You're asking good questions. Yeah, you, that's something I should have asked. Okay, this is um, somebody that can help me advance my career. So they can tell you know what you're doing, and then they want to be associated with you, and then they feel more confident for bringing you in. So I want to I want to make sure we didn't miss that. No, no, great, uh, great point. The other thing I would say too, when you when if you're trying to uncover a compelling event, is conduct a, some sort of assessment of what's going on. And that's to create a compelling event. So if, if, they're, if you're not sure there's a compelling event or the compelling event doesn't exist, and this is a kind of a higher level skill is, is that you want to dig into the organization and conduct an assessment, again, if all the other indicators are positive, and spend some time to show them their the problem that they may not be aware of. And this is what happened. This is why I want to revisit this, Scott. This is what happened when I was meeting with you guys at APC. We came in on our dime and did an assessment and then played the actual phone calls. This is back when we taped the phone oh, calls. Yeah. yeah. Or your leadership team and Mark got very upset when he heard those calls. He was not aware of what was happening on the front lines. And so when we played those calls and he saw the transcripts, cause I not only played the calls with transcripts, the compelling event, if it wasn't already in place, became, it became very heightened. Excellent point.
0: Uh, yeah, and, I, and I do remember that now that you say that, I do remember listening to those calls. That was not a pleasant experience. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So the takeaway is pain equals change. Yeah. Pain equals change. If they can feel the pain of the problem that you are here to solve then that will lead to change so sorry i just wanted to make sure we we, uh, offered a couple more plays under compelling
0: event tom there's no rules on sales without those are not rules okay We we can bounce back and i'm glad you clarified that but let's uh let's move on and uh and bring it home with solution fit what do you mean by that
1: well the last one is is there a solution fit yeah um, and what that means is, in the mind, and this is super, this is super important, in the mind of the customer. Yep. Um, do they think what you offer fits with what they're looking for? Now, that doesn't mean you can't change it, but that means that you have a problem. Yeah. So, in other words, you want to describe what they're looking for. So, like, if I'm meeting with somebody and I say, "I want to work with someone that's headquartered in Europe." That's not, not, you don't want to say, does not I don't want to try to change that. I just right. want to know that. Yep. What is it that you're looking for? Yep. And if they're looking for, use another analogy, if they're looking for an SUV and you sell sports cars, that's a problem.
0: <laughs> that's, that's not a solution fit,
1: right? Yeah, it's not a solution fit. Now you, you may say, well, you should be, because you could have kids and you need blah, blah, blah. And you should need the SUV and I'm going to change that right now. When you've got your assessment hat on, and you're trying to kill the deal, you want to know what they're looking for, and how does that line up in their perspective, what they're looking for, and how does that line up with what you offer and what your strengths are. Now,
0: Again, that doesn't mean you can't change it, but it right. means that it's less qualified. And you got to know where you're starting from. I mean, that you, as early in the process as you possibly can. Um, right. Yeah, you don't want that to pop up later. Okay. And so what are some ways to sort of get at that? What do you what, what do you recommend?
1: Well, I would just say um, ask those tough questions. Yeah, and I think the key is is, is to say is is to let them go first. Okay. It's, yeah. Is again because we're we're focused on winning a lot of times, and we're and then and we've got to shift to focusing on assessing if this is real. Yeah. Um, like you did at APC, right? Really serve, that you have to let them go first as they describe what you're looking for. So to say, look. So let's not worry about if this is kind of how I might phrase this. Let's not worry about what I offer. Let's focus on what you really are looking for and what's most important to you because we may not be a good fit. Yeah. And I would use those words. We may not be a good fit. And I don't want to waste your time. Yes. And you don't want to bring me in and meet with the team. And they go, well, well, this isn't what we're looking for. So let's spend some time talking about what's really most important to you. Now, if you find out, again, that they're looking for a sports car and you sell SUVs and you have access to the decision maker and you know that that's pretty much what's on the decision maker's whiteboard, you can then decide, okay, what am I going to do about that? Yep. And you may, be able to, you may be able to change their view if you think, and this is the key, if you own their company. And you believe if you own their company that they're making the wrong decision and you would not do what they're doing if you own their company. Yeah. Not as you selling your solution, but if you are on their side of the table and you own their company and you go, this is a big mistake. Yeah. And I believe it's in their best interest to change your decision drivers, Then you, you got to figure out what to do now to change that. And I think probably the best thing you can do is either conduct some sort of assessment slash recommendation yep. or do a pilot. So you right. got to do something you got you got to have to invest a lot of time to change their decision drivers
0: yeah 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 i mean if you if you truly believe it and you've seen it work in other places the best way to convince somebody else is to show them and, and a pilots a great way to do that
1: um, yeah you you got to spend you've got to spend the time yeah that's the plays but right now when you're assessing and that comes really later when we talk about the 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 two other categories, which is, can you win? And is it worth winning? This is just a little bit commercial for what's gonna come next in the series. But can you win? That's gonna be, um, you're gonna have to look at that again and say, how can I really ultimately change their view? But right now, we're just kind of sitting back and listening to the customer, figuring out, okay, do I have access to the right people? Is there a compelling event? Is there funds in place? And are they looking for what I offer? And yep. if the answer to those questions is negative, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, what a topic, what a topic. Well, before we turn this group loose, uh, any any parting pearls of wisdom, uh, before we kind of, once again, publicize the fact that this is the first of a three-part series, first, I love three. that. Well,
1: I, I would just underscore uh, the importance of resetting the compass before the call. Yeah, that is. Uh, and having meaning and what I mean by reset the compass, which means that this isn't about you, this is about them. And yep. when you make a decision to serve, you're going to be more successful. And so if I stop and reset my compass and say, you know, hey, I'm, the, the compass always points to me. I default to self. Yep. So I need to focus on the customer and make sure that you have, you you look at this checklist, develop some sort of pre-call checklist where you remind yourself of these types of questions and plays that you need to make, then you're going to be successful. I will tell you, I've been selling Aslan solutions for 27 years. I still forget to ask some of these questions without going through my checklist. It's just like a pilot who's who's flown planes for 20 years. Every time they they start to take off. Before they take off, they go through their checklist, right? Because it's important because they're going to forget something. And so this is part of your pre-call checklist to make sure you remember this because it's just too easy to get excited about believing what the person you're talking to is telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, they may be telling you negative and, it, and it's not negative. I can't tell you the number of times I've had the opposite happen where someone has said, oh, this isn't what we need. And I'm like, well, who are you?
0: <laughs> That's,
1: good. That's good. Well, there, you know, this could put my career in jeopardy if they adopt your solution. So I'm against it. Yeah. Well, are you the decision maker? No. Well, who runs sales? What do they think? Well, I don't know.
0: Yeah. No. Very okay. good. Well, then, uh, not to be rude, but, but. Yeah. What a topic. Well, he's from <clears throat> Stamphill. What a, what a great uh, episode. And we'll look forward to a couple more parts to this series as we move forward. Make sure you get out and subscribe and download the podcast. It's, a, it's available everywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, share it with your friends. Make sure we get this to as many people as we can. And we will see you in another week on Sales with Aslan. Mm-hmm.